I'm Arthur Falls, and you're listening to The Third Web, where we explore the intersection of decentralized finance, identity, and secure computing. In 2015, I interviewed Jack DeRose about Colony, his autonomous platform that could track contribution to a common enterprise and reward tokens representing stake in said enterprise. Three years and two private betas on, we hear from Jack about his experience building a system to revolutionize the way we work together. Part of what makes Colony fascinating is to see the enormity of the events that have taken place in the years since its conception and how in spite of these events, the process of product design has proceeded in a linear and systematic fashion, uninfluenced by the white-hot speculative market. So we call Colony a platform for open organizations. What we mean is that we're providing tools to enable organizations um, to run via uh, software rather than paperwork. The majority of stuff that goes on within an organization currently is kind of all backed up by legal agreements. But what Colony enables is Things like ownership, division of labor, decision-making, seniority, um, all of that kind of thing, dispute resolution, to be encoded in smart contracts rather than having sort of been been bound up in in informal rules within an organization. So this really is the ultimate vision of Nick Zabo's uh, conception of smart contracts, right? I think so, yeah. I think it's one of the best possible use cases for smart contracts. How does a, uh, a platform like Colony, how does that uh, bear on the future of work? Or what kind of, uh, what vision of labor does, uh, does that presuppose? Yeah, well, I think my, my grand vision of Colony is as the future of the firm. Um, I would like to see a, a new type of organization, which is you know, commonly known to be this very nebulous concept of the decentralized autonomous organization in which people all over the world can build companies together without needing to know or trust one another. I think that's going to prove in the future to be a really compelling alternative to starting a company, starting a sort of more traditional startup in whatever your local jurisdiction is. I'd like to think that it will be equivalent to, you know, once upon a time, if you wanted to start a local interest group, you would be printing out some flyers and, and putting them on your local sports hall uh, pin board. But now what you do is you go and create a meetup or you create an Eventbrite event. And, and that's just the obvious way that you go about doing those things. I would like it to be that the obvious solution when you want to start a new project is that you start a colony. This might be a bit tangential, tangential but... Uh... Have you considered the way that Ronald Coase's conception of the firm and uh, its uh, its benefits to uh, large groups of workers bears on the vision of organisations that uh, that Colony holds? Yeah, I mean that's not tangential at all. That's absolutely key to our work. Really, is that you know the theory of the firm briefly states that a firm emerges and it's worth hiring people when the cost of employing somebody is less than the cost of the market mechanism for labor when you factor in um, the challenges of, of, of finding talent, defining work, acquiring um, the work, 
or sorry, acquiring the talent, uh, mediating the relationship, handling all the, the ancillary paperwork. One of the key challenges that needs to be overcome is, is eliminating that, um, that transaction cost that's involved in mediating the relationships with the market. And that's what really has been the key driving uh, innovation behind the gig economy platforms, you know, things like Uber and Airbnb, uh, TaskRabbit and so on, is that they enable almost zero, zero marginal cost scaling for increased uh, workforce because the platform is entirely designed to mediate those uh, relationships and, and minimize the cost. And so we need to be able to accomplish a very similar thing, but for really arbitrary work. And we do mean entirely arbitrary. It could be things that people would be doing or things that machines would be doing. And the, the, the way in which that work is defined needs to not end up costing more than it would do for those people to be employed by a company. So the labor market is notoriously illiquid, right? It's very typically very expensive to hire a person in the traditional labor, labor market, I mean. And it's also traditionally very difficult to get rid of someone once hired. And it seems like what Colony offers is not only a way to um, import this liquidity from, these, uh, from this gig economy model, but also to provide a kind of insided marketplace where that uh, labor can be exchanged not necessarily for, say, pure currency, but actually for the equity of projects that it's involved in uh, developing or enabling or building. Right. Well, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, th there is a huge amount of talent in the world. There's, talent is really highly distributed, but the opportunity to work on cool stuff is pretty centralized into just a few places. And I'd hope that having a, a, the world in which to play uh, opens up a lot of opportunity for organizations to, to attract that, that great talent. It, it seems in, in the sort of the, 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 the most strongly left-leaning um, side of, of, of our space, there is this notion that profit is a really dirty word. That's something that I really reject. I mean, I think profits are absolutely necessary for organizations. That is what allows people, allows companies, allows organizations to do bigger and better things and have more of an impact on the world. And it's become problematic as a term because our expectation of what profit means is that that will all accrue to the few people who are sat at the top of the pile. And I think that... DAOs will enable that to be more fairly shared between everybody according to their merit ultimately. And that is really the functionality behind Colony is to distribute the benefit, the revenue of an organization proportional to the contributions of the individual, not simply to, to this notion of shareholders, which doesn't really exist within a colony. So um, just for uh, just for this kind of almost administrative purposes, could you please define uh, DAO? <laughs> that's, a, that's a very good question. Um, and I think in my view, actually uh, misusing it. And I think that everybody else is misusing it as well. Um, a long time ago, Vitalik wrote a, uh, a, a really good post, which I, I still think is accurate. And in that case, a 
DAO is defined as being a predominantly um, machine-based network of, of agents which are undertaking some action autonomously, and that's where the A in DAO comes from. And humans are kind of sat on the outside providing some services to that network. Those could be things like bandwidth, for instance, or, or electricity, or you know, scaling up the number of nodes in the network. When we're talking about DAOs, and we only really use that term occasionally, both because we think it's a bit of a mouthful and it's used incorrectly, um, we really only use that term because it's the term that everybody else is using and it allows us to more conveniently get the point across. But actually, it's uh, what we're doing, and I would argue what anybody else dabbling in the same areas are doing is actually probably called dues or decentralized organizations. So those are things where there are people front and center or machines primarily controlled by people as potentially single nodes that are being coordinated by smart contracts or coordinated by machines, but the predominant um, activity is, is, is by people. With that, uh, with that defined and, and that vision laid out, um, what is the experience or the user experience of, uh, of using Colony? So Colony is a project of two halves. We're a developer-focused protocol and, and, well, various other developer tools that enable people to build all sorts of other applications uh, or, uh, or indeed integrate um, Colony's functionality into their applications, whether that be sort of as a pluggable governance solution for, for dApps, which we think is a really key use case. But we're also building our own fully decentralized application as well. And we think that that sort of fully decentralized component is absolutely critical. And um, it's the approach that really all um, applications building on top of, uh, or applications issuing a token at least, should be should be following. And in that case, it is really intended to be a very generic project management or task management um, application, which allows work to be defined, which allows people by doing work to acquire reputation for for the specific type of work that they've done. And that's broken down into a couple of attributes, skill and context. So it could be that the skill would be JavaScript, let's say, and the context would be some specific project within the organization. Because we believe in decision-making, which is ultimately the goal for acquiring this reputation, you need both to be able to demonstrate the expertise that you have in the skill itself and the context in which you, you've deployed that expertise. So if you do have those things, then that enables you to actually direct the resources of a colony towards work that needs to be done or decisions that need to be made, which 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 sort of overlap with, with the skills that you have. So that becomes like a, a, a very direct way of people permissively controlling an organization and it's something we call or or not we call actually but other people have called lazy consensus consensus is assumed unless people disagree with it and that brings in the dispute resolution mechanisms so it is always possible for somebody to to disagree with something that somebody else has proposed should be done or or is indeed being done uh, or has been funded and they can do so initially by 
you know, having a conversation, one would hope. But if the other person uh, does not agree with the dispute that's being raised or is uh, perhaps just being belligerent, that dispute can be formalized into an objection. That is done by, by placing a stake down to, to sort of back up your, your objection. The counterparty can then match that objection and then it will and only then will it go to a vote. And that is a reputation weighted vote within whatever area of the colony it is that that dispute is being brought to. And that's kind of what will resolve it. But by and large, we believe that in, in the ordinary running of an organization, things should be able to just get on. And people who've demonstrated that they do good stuff and uh, can be in some limited way trusted uh, should be able to just get on and do it. Uh, and we shouldn't be having to resort to voting all the time. What is the experience of, uh, of building a startup in the de- decentralized application space uh, been like for you? I mean, Colony is one of the original Ethereum dApps, as they say. Yeah, absolutely. It's been um, probably our experience is different from people starting to build dApps now um, because we have been kind of fighting with the, the technology shifting under our feet well, since the, the very early days when we started started working on it, um, the tooling has improved a lot, but it still leaves a lot to be desired. And there are a lot of other considerations that you need to make that aren't true in the sort of traditional um, Web 2.0 world. So if you're trying to build a completely decentralized application, and that is, you know, in some sense intended to have a business model there are there are many there are there are many factors as, as i say that are aren't uh, applicable in the in in the sort of normal rent extracting world you know the field of crypto economics for instance is something which has emerged and blossomed in the last year or so or, or, and um you know those are the kinds of systems that you need to be able to understand and design and try and cr- create such that they uh, do not allow people within your application to to sort of cheat one another, and just in general building using completely decentralized technologies, whilst at the same time trying to provide the kind of user experience that people have come to expect from Web 2.0, is an enormous challenge. And again, a lot of the the technology that we need to make that possible just doesn't exist yet. So I think that probably explains why there are so few applications um, have actually made it out onto mainnet. Certainly complex, large applications like Colony have not made it out onto mainnet so far. Recently, you held a Colony hackathon. Can you tell me a bit about what uh, your experience was with that event and what it taught you about the ecosystem and, and and what kind of cool applications you saw being built? Yeah, so the Colony Hackathon was um, was really good fun. We put it out to to really everybody in the world to be able to participate in this. We were partnering with some other great guys around Gitcoin and Maker and Block Geeks um, in order to to get this out there and, and get lots of great people participating. In the end, we had I think uh, fifty teams registered and and. 21 of those actually managed to get their their application complete um, by the time the hackathon completed. 
and um, there were some really really cool projects that um, that ended up being um, being um, um, submitted. Um, it ranged everywhere from uh, a colony being used to track uh, chores uh, in a in a home in a sort of Trello-y kind of way to um, the, the 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 winning uh, project in the end actually was one that used um, a colony task or used a colony to manage uh, Kubernetes deployments, uh, which yeah a, a lot of the judges really loved. And, uh, and a number of these are, are still being worked on, which is really exciting. And they're kind of moving on to, to carrying on with the same project in, in, in other hackathons. How do these particular projects use the Colony platform? So they're, they're building with the, um, the Colony uh, JS library that we've developed, um, which makes it a lot easier for people to start building with Colony and, and, and uh, using the um, smart contract network that we've we've got deployed on Rinkeby. And they are using some or all of the functionality which is contained within that deployment, which is uh, currently primarily around creating tasks and uh, and managing those tasks with with permissioned uh, administrators and having the people who have uh, done the tasks earn some reputation for it. So, so those are the primary things that they've been able to use. And, and the really cool thing about seeing the hackathon take place is that even with that relatively sort of slender early, early functional set, the range of different kinds of things that people have been, um, been doing with it. So why have there been uh, so many um, or such a long beta, long kind of private beta process for Colony? Because I know it's been going for, for years, really. Is, is this to do with... Um, limitation with uh, mainnet limitations. It's, I mean, it's been down to user testing largely. We've wanted to, we we haven't wanted to create a huge amount of hype around stuff because it just doesn't seem. I don't understand the point if you're not trying to issue a token. So it's far more helpful for us to be able to be running quiet private tests, um, getting people using it, figuring out what works and what doesn't, and iterating in the background. And that's really what we've been doing over time, uh, and and just learning about what customers want, such as such as there are customers. I mean, that's a very strange um, word to use, actually, when you're talking about completely decentralized software. But nevertheless, um, that's the process we've been going through. And also, there have been a lot of technological limitations. I mean, it's until recently that even by our own efforts, it's been impossible to have a completely decentralized application. And that really has been more than the last year. Uh, we have been actually working on, on on things like a decentralized database, along with the guys at OrbitDB, to make it possible to provide people with a good user experience, rather than uh, in a using only decentralized technologies. Because otherwise, you have to continue to be leaning on client-server architecture for some some components of it, and that was just not acceptable to us. On that subject, then, what uh, of customers? What is the revenue model for Colony or, or for yourself? So, as as a company such as we are, our revenue model is precisely the same as anybody else who who works in the Meta Colony will be, uh, which is that the business model is entirely baked into the Colony network. There is uh, there will be a Colony token that will be launched 
perversely after we've gone live uh, on mainnet. And that is <laughs> that is used to stake into tasks. Uh, it is used to participate in the reputation mining client because we have a, a sort of op, uh, off-chain computation or verification game system that computes reputation updates because these are too gas-intensive to, to happen on-chain. And perhaps I should backtrack to explain a little bit about what, what that means. I, I talked a little bit before about reputation uh, being really the thing that gives people decision-making control uh, in, in a colony. But also, importantly, reputation decays over time. You need to keep doing work in order to maintain your reputation. Uh, otherwise, it will just decay away. And that is something which updates every hour for everybody. And of course, you could never realistically do that at, at any scale or a reasonable cost on Ethereum as it currently stands. So instead, we have this off-chain computation system that, that does that. So if you want to perform that that mining function, then you need to stake colony tokens in that too. So the business model of the network is that every task that ever gets created or completed in any colony, anytime somebody gets paid, there is a small fee which will be set by the network itself, which goes back to the network. It will be set by the meta-colony, I should say. And so that goes back to the meta-colony. Now, we think of tokens as, as being one of three kinds. So you either have colony token currencies, which we currently think of as being Ether and DAI, and you have really any other token. So those three things behave behave differently if, if they are the fee that has been collected from, from a task. If it is a currency, so Ether or DAI, then that fee goes back to the meta colony and is used as working capital or is used to be paid out as, as rewards, as we call them, to anybody within the meta colony who has tokens and reputation, a positive reputation. And, and for the mathematicians and computer, science, computer scientists out there, it is the geometric mean of those two values, which uh, was recently popularized on Twitter by Vitalik. To, um, to, to determine the portion of the, uh, of, of the reward of the, of the revenue that should be going to any given individual. So that's kind of one of the, or that is the primary, I suppose, revenue model of, of being a token holder. Additionally, if the fee was in any other a token, it goes to an auction contract. And each month there is a reverse Dutch auction for each and every token type that was collected. Um, as fees, and those are sold off for the colony token. And those uh, colony tokens that I, I used to pay for those other tokens are burnt. Finally, if the task was denominated in colony zone tokens, CLNY, those are also burnt. Now, at the same time, there is an inflation mechanism. So the token supply will inflate, or at least will be minted over time. And that provides... Uh, the funding to be able to fund new work, to be able to compensate uh, reputation miners for the, the computation that they're doing. And it's also used to be distributed to developers building on top of the colony network, proportional to uh, the, the, the impact of their applications in increasing the total, uh, the total uh, uh, network transaction value of, of the colony network. 
that is uh, using a new uh, a very novel curation mechanism that we've been working on internally and uh, we'll be talking about publicly very soon. Well, so this sounds fantastic. I mean, I'm really excited to hear that Colony is still trucking along and still breaking ground in the way that it was way back in 2015 when we first spoke about it. Yeah, things have moved on such a long way since then. It's um, it's quite embarrassing looking back at how naive everything was, but, uh, you know, baby steps, right? It's really interesting to, to hear the kind of innovation that you guys are coming and coming up with and the degree of refinement of the ideas that you're talking about. I mean, it's way beyond anything that, you know, we used to talk about, you know, everything was, when I look at a lot of these projects, I mean, they're so facile in their, their rewards and their, their economics, bold in their claims, but, um, but not so much in their actual delivery. And it's really amazing to hear how um, Colony is pushing the envelope with that regard. Yeah, well, we've been at it a while, so you'd, you'd hope that um, we, we were doing something interesting. <laughs> okay, well, I think we've pretty much uh, captured everything we need to. Um, thanks a bunch for joining me, Jack, and uh, I look, for, look forward to talking to you again about, uh, about Colony and, uh, and seeing it launch. Actually, we should do another episode uh, when it does launch. Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. It's been good to catch up, Arthur. All right, awesome. Thanks again, Jack. Colony is preparing to go live this year. If you'd like to learn more, visit colony.io or follow them on Twitter at joincolony. Thanks for listening to The Third Web. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify, or YouTube and follow on Twitter at The Third Web. 